0: Hello the internet and welcome to season 186 episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness That uh, screaming part at the beginning feels very weird to do I'm in my in-law's house right now My (laughs) mother-in-law is like (laughs) <laughs> right next door and she made reference to the, she's like yeah no you can like go in there and like do all your screaming or whatever <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's like telling uh, your kids she's like yeah so your dad just screams all day
0: yeah so he's just in there screaming by himself uh anyways it is thursday may 27th 2021 my name is jack o'brien aka hello twitter post what you know when I've come to watch your hot takes growing. Ain't you got no rhymes for me? Do 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 do, feeling chuggy. Da 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 da, feeling choogy. That is courtesy of Gold John Ion, and I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. <clears throat> <laughs> You give me a number, i call you
1: up. You act like your are you don't interrupt. I don't have a problem with you wearing Uggs, but I have a little problem with you not wearing Uggs. Hey, Chuggy, baby, I got your muggy, don't you worry. Said, hey, baby, you sip your muggy. Woo! All Look, right. the Chug vibes are all over the place. You had to take it to the ODB. Uh, and shout out to the people on discord
0: for that wonderful a.k.a. mr fist
1: you did it you did it you
0: i did love it. the the fact that like a lot of people like it's usually teachers we don't have actual gen z you know listeners but teachers are like i asked my daughter or i asked my like student <laughs> and they said that's not a thing so i do uh, there's part of me that hopes that this is all like a bit that they're doing. And yeah, we're, that's what we're saying. even I, more embarrassingly, like, been like, been Monday, into like it's it. a
1: sociop, man. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyways, Miles, mm-hmm. we are blessed to be yeah. joined in our third seat by one of the best rappers doing it, one of the funniest comedians. Rappers want to be comedians, comedians want to be rappers. He said, fuck it. I'll do both incredibly well. His most recent album is Anime, Trauma, and Divorce. You know him from TV shows like The New Negroes, History of Swear Words, and just being one of the funniest comedians and dopest rappers doing it. He is open Mike Eagle. There he is.
2: I'm, uh, now I feel bad because I'm not going to rap after you said I'm a good rapper. <laughs> well, you actually you guys have albums. People, good. Right. Good. people can
0: go <laughs> check that shit out.
2: That thing you just did was five times more entertaining than anything. Two <laughs> joke raps. I mean, the,
1: that was amazing. I love the line. I don't have no problem with you Which wearing it. Yes, I not have not a little so. problem with you with not wearing, you not
2: wearing, wearing <laughs> us.
1: That shit is so good. That's the one that sealed it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I, as I read, I was like, "Oh no, I'm going Uh-oh. leaving my body." <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I like it. how you made your eyes real big too. You really got into ODB. Yeah. I wish people could see. There's yeah. no way
1: you can. I mean, for anybody who grew up with that era of rap as being like your era of rap, you can't just casually do anything from Russell Jones uh and keep it like low key. You know, it has to be you have to have the energy when you do it.
0: An unfakeable fucked upness that he brought every every time on Mike. Yeah. One of the greats. Uh Mike, what's what's new with you?
2: I have a podcast network called Stony Island Audio. And yeah, we have yeah. a flagship program called What It Happened Was, where I take <laughs> one artist and interview them every episode for an entire season. This season, our guest is LP of run the jewels wow company flow def chucks fame we just released episode nine with him today and last yeah last season was prince paul and we got a bunch of shows on the network so if people like to hear uh rap talk like kind of what we just did that yeah. little slice of that like our network is just that a lot
1: That's oh, um lp2 that's another Oh man that's I, so dope. from that was like the first time i was i had my head turned when I when I started listening to Def Jux, I was like, well, hold mm. on. What's what are they doing over here now? What's mm. what is this? What is going on? But yeah, mm. man. That sounds like it's gonna oh, I gotta I definitely have to check that out. Yeah, we go deep into all of that old uh indie rap stuff. <laughs> right. Like talking about cage and stuff.
0: Yes. Yes hey. definitely.
1: <laughs> definitely. <laughs>
0: That's uh, certainly a different format, like interviewing the same person for a whole season. Like, do you, mm-hmm. w- what's that experience like? Do you, it, it makes, it makes them
2: very tired, is what I'm like.
0: <laughs>
1: like <laughs> around episode four, they are very sick of talking to me
0: <laughs>
2: already.
1: <laughs> is it done in one session or you do it kind of like weekly or how do you do it?
2: Kind of weekly. Or well, when I did it with, with Prince Paul, we kind of, we kind of did it in bulk because right. uh, we were doing it in person. So we would, we would do at least two episodes in a sitting. And with uh, with L, we we uh, we tried to do that. But it. I think trying to do two
1: episodes over Zoom was just right. uniquely excruciating. So we just kind of do one at a time. Yeah, yeah. What was the I mean, man, Prince Paul. I got everything. Everything you're saying I'm like, yes, please, because that soul album was yeah, man, man, completely wrecked fir- my first mind three. three. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, man. We're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about we're gonna check in. Somebody bothered to check in with the workers, mm. those lazy workers who are not going back to work uh, after the pandemic. Somebody was like, "Wow, well, I wonder if they really are just like we're lazy, or if they would have like reasons for not wanting to go back to to these jobs." The chamber of commerce was wrong. Yeah, shocking. <laughs> Critical race theory seems to be uh, the GOP's midterm issue. Like, yeah. it's it's a thing that they think they can just kind of stake the whole midterm election around. We will uh check in with Havana Syndrome. The New Yorker did a did a follow-up article from the same people uh, as the first article. So we'll we'll find out if anything's new there. Uh A Quiet Place 2 is coming to theaters this weekend. I feel like it might be the first like movie where people are like, "We're back fully." Other than Not Fast Nine. Godzilla. Well, Fast 9's coming the week after so this is like this is when it starts to oh, like they're fuck. ramping it up a little bit well, i just wasted all my money <laughs> so you bought some counterfeit tickets to fast nine someone said they had them early yeah. sir that's a cracker i guess i'm gonna have to eat yeah. those
1: tickets Whoops. like literally they're crackers <laughs> yeah like oh you're talking about the simpsons, <laughs> the simpsons? Well, first yeah. such, well first off there's no such team as the spungos <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh we'll talk about the citizen app which is just a nightmare that is looking to get worse. Uh we'll talk about the culture war bringing in legos to the fold just trying to kill off everything that we hold sacred from our childhood. Uh the conservatives are trying to weaponize it all. Uh and also do, what does it mean that Amazon bought MGM uh including James Bond? Like what do, what does that mean for us? Uh probably nothing. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, uh, we like to ask our guest, Mike, what is something from your search history that is revealing about who you are?
2: I was searching the Clippers because mm. I was trying to find a way to watch the game. And I don't have cable or whatever this Valleys network is that apparently bought all the Clippers games.
1: Mm. Last oh, time yeah. Knew- that like bought Fox Sports or whatever.
2: Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. I learned all of this very quickly last night when I realized that a national playoff basketball game I couldn't watch because I live in the city that the team plays in and I don't have the right wires coming into my house.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, there were a lot of people talking about like how they ran the the NBA scheduled the Lakers game and the Clippers game at the same time. Same damn time. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, it's pretty. And I know there's a
2: lot of puzzle pieces with stuff being on the West Coast and you know, all the moving parts with all the games was the first round. So there's like all of these series happening once. But you you figure they wouldn't even be on the same day, right, let yeah. alone at and the same tiger time.
0: Tiger And this yeah. is game two of round one. There, yeah. This was unavoidable. It's not like this is, you know, one team's in the first round, game seven, and the other team's in it. Like, this is just straight up. This was the plan all along.
1: Mike, are you a Clippers fan? Uh,
2: I I think so.
1: or i thought i was now i'm
0: i'm just
2: confused man i'm just confused like i have no idea what's happening they seem cursed yeah and it's like i feel like it's too dangerous to root for them now because who wants who wants heartbreak that is for sure coming
1: Right. right and for people who don't know or might not be interested you know one of the big things going into this postseason with the clippers is that they tanked because you know, some, some oh, they they, they tried to manipulate their record so they wouldn't have to face the Blazers. They didn't want they wanted to avoid stronger opposition, so they wanted to face the Mavericks. And now they're down two nothing in the series to the are yeah, Getting
2: their asses handed to them by yeah. the people who they who they chose,
1: right? And the, and 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 it's weird because I was talking to Jack earlier off Mike. I was like, psychologically, you don't want to go in like strategizing oh, no. if you're if your intent is to say, no, actually, I believe this is the team that's the best in the league. It shouldn't matter who the fuck you play because at the end of the day you're gonna prove that through your wins. But to right. then strategically avoid, oh Ty Lu, come on now, mm, it's rough. Sorry, buddy, but you know yeah. maybe he's just a he's a undercover Laker in disguise.
0: It's so it's so wild, like the the fact that the Clippers are down two zero to to the Mavericks to like a team that I think I think most people had the Clippers winning that series. It, it really does make you ask questions about like. The psychology around both that, like the team that you're playing, realizing that you wanted to play them because you didn't respect them enough. Right. And then the psychology around like playing for what is supposedly a cursed franchise.
2: Well, if you watch The Last Dance, I think what we should all take away is you don't
1: make people angry on purpose.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Just don't do that. Yeah.
1: Because they will make out out Athletes up have a good job of <laughs> turning that into fuel. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like they, I think there's a reason that the team that broke the curse for the Boston Red Sox were affectionately known as the idiots. Like, there, <laughs> there's like something psychologically complex in sports about like playing for a cursed franchise, and you just have to either like stupid your way through that or just like through sheer tyranny of will. Like, I'm sure LeBron would be able to do that. I mean, he did that with the Cavs, but not to piss off Clippers fans even more. But I mean, come on. Uh, what is something you think is overrated?
2: The Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> it's rough, I think man. they're overrated. So we don't have we don't have to stay on them. I just no, I need I, to double I don't
1: down mind. on it. <laughs> we have three basketball fans talking right now, and this is what's <laughs> what's happening right now. I'm I am i am on the other side of that, lifelong Laker fan. So I I love it. Uh, this mm. is when I become my most toxic because a lot of the times <laughs> I'm I love the relationship between like a franchise that defines themselves based on someone else, mm. and I just love to see it backfire. But part of me also like on paper I'm like they I'm like scared of the Clippers until oh, I yeah. see the results, and then I'm like hmm, let's
0: well, it's up and down. I guess. They should be one like really good. I'll be surprised if they lose the series still because I just feel like while put it together, but man it, it was the last weird. person
1: to go two games down, yeah, right, yeah, and
0: then come back, win,
1: so you know, we'll see.
0: Yeah, man. How are you feeling?
1: But, I mean, what's I mean, well, you, you, Mike? You look lost <laughs> even as we talk about this. I just I feel like you're watching like old Darius Miles highlights playing through
0: your head. Or something. <laughs>
2: well, I mean, I did have to watch the game in my own mind last night. That is that is part of it. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't actually see it, so I'm just like watching Google for information and live uh, score right. coverage. I don't even know how to
0: pirate stuff anymore. That's oh, what Reddit, that's a, that is that was a NBA tough street. realization.
1: Really? Allegedly. See, I didn't I didn't know. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs>
0: allegedly don't get allegedly. It lost, that uh, uh, but also,
1: hey, ZeitGang well, holler at we'll holler at Mike on Twitter uh, with some info because there are plenty of ways because it's the same thing like with spectrum sports, or they're like, Oh, you're a Laker yeah. fan in LA? <laughs> 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 what do you want to watch your team? Where yeah, you have to just work around these greedy broadcasters.
2: Yeah, I got I got caught out there yesterday. I didn't know what to do. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I only caught I caught like highlights and then at the end of the Laker game, they like cut to you know, they started watching it on the TNT brought or the whatever the really? broadcast was. Well, yeah. So you could get like Mm -hmm. the last couple minutes where like Charles is like, oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) And they weren't even it was funny because they were they were just watching and they weren't really giving commentary. But it was commentary in that this is what it sounds like when the four of them are watching something passively.
0: Mm. Lakers fans, uh, Miles, you said you were a lifelong Lakers fan and that that's true. You had to live through those tough times when. They were five hundred, where Kobe was still putting up like eighty-one in certain games. No, stop,
1: stop, stop! I was here. I was. You were there there that one year when Magic Johnson
0: like. Was uh...
1: Lakers <laughs> uh... fans are so. I know my fucking history, man. Like I've right, been right. fucking down. I've I've, <laughs> I've held ashes in my hands and been like, "What is happening?" And then yeah, the pendulum right, swung the all all right. other way, and now you know I'm I'm using this to completely become an insufferable fuck. So
2: well, I'm a Bulls fan, it. so I have no sympathy yeah for you at all. We yeah. haven't won anything in my adult life.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the one loss in the playoffs, the, the Lakers lost their first game of the playoffs, and I was getting the texts from uh Lakers fans being like, What is Vogel doing <laughs> right away? See, these yeah, are people with no passion, con- no they're context
1: passionate. of what a postseason even looks like. Right. It's like right. we only did it a couple times. I think it was like against that one series against Iverson where we like went winning every single game on the way to the finals, and then when we lost, we were like, oh! Ah!
0: <laughs> but yeah, that one loss again, like one of those hard things that Lakers fans had to live through when they lost yeah. that one game to Iverson. Uh, <laughs> that was hard, man. That must well, have taken your everyone. faith. You <laughs> swept everyone else that year. But yeah, I mean, these are the same people who were texting me last year being like Vogel should be fired like halfway through a run to the playoffs where they won the championship yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like back. They're like this guy. What the what is he doing? And it's like you'd think that it would build up faith, but I don't know. Lakers fans. I don't call for heads like that. Like that's <laughs> but not, I, any. I'll, I'll let it play out.
2: Anytime somebody's coaching LeBron, like part of their job description is to take all the blame for everything. Right. Because, you know, that we all think that LeBron's really coaching the team and that guy's just standing there with a <laughs> right.
0: That's right. That's right.
1: Like Ty Lue. <laughs> that one picture where he's like outside the huddle
0: like uh, jumping on someone's (laughs) back (laughs) uh what is something you think is underrated
2: uh comic books and i might have said that last time but it's still true yeah yeah tell us i read a really good comic book last night and the reason i decided to tell people that comic books are underrated again because i read a really good comic book last night and there's like nobody to talk about it Mm. with (laughs) because there's not enough people that read these things Even like on YouTube, where you think there's 10 million people making videos about everything, there's like five guys that make comic book videos. It's not it's not fun. What do you mean? The new X-Men is written by this guy named Jonathan Hickman, who's an incredible writer, and he just paid off the storyline. It started like two and a half years ago. It's really amazing. And I can't find other people who care. So I'm promoting comic books. People who like comic book movies, remember, there's weekly source material that comes out <laughs> every week. It's really cheap. You can own it.
1: And Iron Man can even be back in it if you want, you know?
2: He's very alive. <laughs> yeah. In the in the
1: comics. Very much. Just like three of them, I think. <laughs> like you can have plenty, you know. Wait, so what does the new X-Men look like? What are they? Is it is it new characters and things oh, like that? Oh
2: man, see, so
1: Hickman changed the status
2: quo. You remember the Island of Krakoa? Does that ring any bell for you at all? Yes. Okay. So the Island of Krakoa, they all the mutants in Marvel now live on the Island of Krakoa. They've declared themselves an independent nation state and, and they've bioengineered these drugs that like cure all human diseases. And they hold that over all the humans heads (laughs) as political capital. (laughs) So they got like ratified by the UN quickly. And they have these gates that they grew where they can like go go to other places instantly and okay. but only mutants can use them. If a human tries to walk through, they'll like crack their nose on it. You know, uh, they're based, they're just gangsters. Now it's great. Uh, <laughs>
0: fantastic. So like the rest of the world has to deal with it. It's like living in like a world with like one superpower, but it's like super powered by mutants and mutants. Yeah. Powered. By
2: people who, who were formerly hated, feared and oppressed right. and murdered a lot. They're like, no, we're 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 not gonna do that anymore. We're gonna do this now, that's and true. everyone is scared.
1: Oh man, okay, that's good. good. I haven't. I was just like I was saying the other day. Like the Jim Lee X Men was like the last time I was heavy into it. That um, is a long time ago. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been twenty five <laughs> years or however long. But um, but I do have the Marvel Unlimited app, so mm-hmm. I do. I still check in on comic books, but that's. But I also need suggestions. And so oh, yeah, now man. I'm going to put this on there because I do but love, I just, the app has made reading comics a lot easier for me. Yeah,
2: I do everything digitally now as well. And yeah. it's, it's, it's really easy. But yeah, House of X, Powers of Ten is, is the miniseries he put out roughly two years ago to change the whole status quo and creates the, uh, the environment we're in now in
1: Marvel Comics in terms of the mutants. Yeah, oh.
0: that sounds dope.
1: Jack, what was the last comic book you read? oh man like were you I mean, like been little weeks. little did you or did you even get messed with comics when you were? i didn't younger?
0: really fuck with comics just like the movies the toys that all that shit right 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 yeah i didn't really fuck with it but now my uh three-year-old is real into like marvel and shit and i'm trying to figure out like like i was just researching squirrel girl which mm. i think is i had heard of like a couple of the things you were just talking about there maybe but yeah, like I, I'm trying to figure out what the what the best way in is for like someone who's really young. But he's like obsessed. He knows every like his the way he learned the alphabet was like a Marvel book with like Ant Man, Black Panther, like you know the ABCs of Marvel characters, right? And so I got I got to figure out I got to like get up on the on the uh, comic book universe because I feel like that would be the next level and like the I don't want him to have to like jump straight to. The shitty movies, you know,
1: get them into trencher from image comics, just some like weird ass <laughs> niche comics from the 90s. Right. blood bloodshot or, or yeah. iron gut or whoever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I'll say this, like I learned to read Japanese as a kid from reading like manga because right. like I didn't go to Japanese school, but my I grew up with my mother speaking Japanese to me. So I was fluent in speaking Japanese, but I didn't I never went to school to learn how to read and write. And I learned that from reading like early dragon ball and stuff. And that i like actually kind of helped cultivate my relationship to like reading was I got a lot of momentum with comic books and that helped me not be afraid of normal books down the road and be (laughs) like, yo, there's also information in these that can help me out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I grew up on like Hardy boys books, which suck. (laughs) And like, I wish somebody had introduced me to like, cool comic books when i was that age but i was just like well this these are books these are the books that i have so yeah get your kid hard 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 into oh hardy boys jack oh my hardy boys fucking <laughs> you know you really the like. worst man and i was like a completionist i had like one through t- 123 uh, and they were so bad anyways let's take a quick break we'll be right back And we're back. And so the mainstream media was doing their thing uh, with their like capitalism bias of just going to the employers, the capital, and asking them for their take on, uh, you know, the labor shortage, uh, the difficulty that companies were having getting opened back up because they couldn't find people to hire to do the job. And
1: yeah. And even in that description is so sinister when it should be that. Companies don't pay people enough to even get them to think it's worth their labor rather than they're having trouble finding folks to exploit unless you're going to say it like that.
0: Right. Exactly. But,
1: yeah, that whole conversation gained a lot of steam. And there were so many that, you know, there was that whole streak of people taking pictures of signs posted up in windows, whether it was like people being like, sorry, people don't want to work because of the government subsidies or some people who were straight up like, "Yo, fuck this place. They don't pay people shit. You you got us all fucked up. We'll never work for this place. Sorry. Go get your fucking smoothie somewhere else. And now we're starting to see again. That was a definite uh, help with the help of the Chamber of Commerce that helps represent all those employers. We got that sort of idea out. But then the Washington Post decided to do journalism and said, let's also talk to the people that have refused going back to work. And what that means
0: and you can tear dude, them away from the video games they're playing on their couch am I
1: right I mean this is the wild thing. they talk to all kinds of people right Well they they start the article like this quote Jim Conway started working in restaurants in 1982 making two dollars and thirteen cents an hour plus tips. Uh, and though his world has changed significantly in the nearly 40 years since then, his hourly wage has not. At the Olive Garden outside of Pittsburgh, where he worked when the pandemic hit last year, he was making $2.83 an hour. So Jesus after being Christ. furloughed for months last spring, Conway, 64, decided to retire. Right. Y'all, they
2: wouldn't raise his wages $0.10 cents a year. No. That's not even $0.10 cents a
1: year. <laughs>
2: that, that is 10 nuts. Cents a
1: decade almost. It's it's really something. And again, this is so this whole article goes on to show, you know, it's not that there are people who just said, oh, fuck, no, the benefits are too sweet for me to think of a job. It's all some version of, yo, it's hell to work in some of these places. And this was just the push over the edge. I needed to actually advocate for myself or have the time because the pace of capitalism is so intense that I don't even have a second to take a breath and think of what I want to do. That in that interim period of being furloughed, people are like switching occupations. So there's another one talking with people who were this this uh, crystal mayor who works in a restaurant in Austin said, quote, the staffing issue has actually a lot more to do with the conditions that the industry was in before covid and people not wanting to go back to that, knowing what they would be facing with a pandemic on top of it. People are forgetting that restaurant workers have actually experienced decades of abuse and trauma. The pandemic is just the final straw.
0: Right. The hardest job, most painful job that I ever had to do was waiting tables at a busy restaurant. Waiting tables is so chaotic, so exhausting, so just, like, all-consuming that, like, you're just fucking so broken by the end of it. And, like, there, that, that was something that I had no appreciation for when I waited tables and, like, worked with, like, bartenders and shit. Like, the whole thing of, like, that all restaurant workers, like, do hard drugs, basically. It's like, yeah, if I did this, like, th- for years, I would definitely need drugs just to get through that shit. And, like, that's the way that America treats It's like, they create this hell world. They give you, like, illegal hard drugs to do that just, like, make your life bearable, and then they'll, like, put you away if, if you get caught with them. It's just, like, the... The hell reality. I mean that you wrote hell on earth in your outline miles, and I feel like that's literally what's what they're doing, and then yeah. expecting people to just want to go back because the national myth around like got to pull your stuff up by your brute straps.
2: So what happens next? I mean, is the bottom gonna completely fall out of like wage work? I would be. I think it would be really fucking fascinating if that happened.
1: Right. I think it's just now they're they're realizing people people have been saying $15 at a minimum to even start a conversation because there were like you know viral images of like an ice cream shop that was like fuck it we'll pay people 15 an hour let's see what happens and the line went around the fucking block. Right? Um it's just that they there was a threshold that they found and I think obviously it should be way more than that. I mean like you'd hope again this is just the beginning of like a larger conversation about labor and things like that but yeah, it, it seems like the only they're trying to incentivize like some places are like, hey, come on and interview and get a fucking appetizer at Applebee's. It's like, well, no, oh. I don't need your appetizers. I need health <laughs> bennies. What right. are you talking about? So a lot of people are trying in their very small ways to try and entice people back. But I think overall, this again is like the we need to see just actual like subsistence wages, because right now too many people are on subsistence wages meaning you cannot live off of your income from this job and I think that you'd think overall we can shift up you know to a utopia where you only need one job right. to survive and support a family or do you know navigate your life as you see fit but the other thing that's interesting is it's causing a lot of people to shift like even just their idea of what their career was like there was one guy who used to be a bartender now he's like like fundraising and organizing for a pack for like restaurant workers. And he just found, he's like, I'm making as much money actually doing this nonprofit work than I did in a restaurant. And I'm actually liking it because I feel like I'm doing something. And like, I can see what I'm working towards and who it's going to benefit versus like, you know, pouring drinks was cool. But I was, the, the the guy was saying, like, I was just getting burnt out telling people to wear their masks or like not. And having to police that just became too much. And I'm not paid enough to, give a shit right then there's like other people who have like even gone into medical care you know because they were laid off they needed time they they just needed to do odd jobs this one woman said that uh, a friend needed someone to look after their elderly parent and now they're like i'm actually thinking of getting into home medical care that's that was actually i like to definitely like to interact with people which is why i liked working in restaurants but now this other layer of like oh it pays better and i can interact with people and be helpful a lot of people are also just I think seeing that their options are a little bit more. But I think a lot of the reason why people aren't able to see their options is because shit, like you gotta constantly work. And if you miss a week or something and you get hit with three bills out of nowhere, like your life's completely upside down. So hopefully there's just a, a a change in outlook for, you know, for people who are sort of at this point of trying to figure out what can I do? What's possible.
0: There's a article in the New Yorker this week called the leftward turn of the Democratic Party about like this movement from like people who are involved in the Sanders campaign who then like went and like started their own organizations. One of those organizations was the one that got uh, AOC elected. And just that I feel like we've reached a bottom for like, you know, the the capitalist like corporate ethos where it's like hey guys come to this corporate pep rally where we tell you like make you feel good about the fact that we treat you like a, a disposable you know resource and we're starting to see people like drop out of that economy like one of the people who was involved with one of these really influential organizations was like driving for lyft and like you know doing a gig work and then you know started before he started doing this and it's just i think there's just a complete difference in like you know we we've reached a bottom where like there's all these depths of despair and you know the it's like almost like a spiritual low point and now people are like kind of turning in best case scenario to like community and like socially minded things that like give them purpose and like make them feel like they're actually helping people or just to to have that
1: clarity to feel like, Oh, I'm being fucked
0: actually. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Before I wasn't able to realize that because the slog and the churn of having to work didn't afford me the time to realize how badly I was being exploited. This one line cook gives actually this sentiment because they're saying like, you know, making a lot of like just low money, and didn't know what to do. And he said that he thinks the pandemic has changed the paradigm for low wage workers, giving people more confidence to demand better to demand better wages. "Quote: There is a growing movement of people, including myself, that just flat out refuse to work for somebody that isn't willing to pay a living wage." And I <laughs> think that is the you know that that's yeah. hopefully what we're seeing more of, and you c- will hope that the business owners uh, will see that too. But I don't know. Yeah, you know that we're seeing them deploy their lobbyists to squeeze workers on the other side on the government side by cutting off benefits or like mm-hmm. in some states being like if you're a if you're a like exotic dancer they'll be like oh they just recently i think i think it this texas or maybe florida they're saying if you're under 21 you can't dance at a club anymore
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then so that's creating like squeezes for people in that 18 to 21 gap who were normally working so there's a lot of fuckery going on to try and you know force people back into taking these wages and I think that, you know, the, the resistance is strong from people to, to accept that because hopefully, you know, we're all seeing how bad shit wouldn't, the, the normal was before the pandemic that going back to it just doesn't seem feasible.
0: Yeah. All right. I wanted to give a quick update on Havana syndrome. Mike, do you, are you familiar with what Havana syndrome is?
2: No, and when I read this outline, this entire paragraph fucking terrified me. Right, it was just like so, three different points in it. That I just like broke out in tears. And <laughs>
0: <hires>. <laughs> so, so there were diplomats, just like the real quick thumbnail version. There were diplomats in Havana at the start of the Trump administration who started feeling like they were being hit with a sound beam. Basically, uh, they were feeling like pressure changes. In their brain, they were suddenly like had vertigo, like even after the fact. I've been in between like thinking that it's like could be a mass psychogenic illness, like basically a uh, a mass panic thing. And not because I think like people are being babies, but because I think the placebo effect and like the power of the mind to create actual physical symptoms in our bodies is like highly underrated but the so the New Yorker uh differs with me. Uh and I, I've always said they were hacks, but uh <laughs> they they believe that this shit is going on. They kind of wrote an article that went with like the CIA take on it that they're they're being attacked by uh probably Russia with microwave weapons. The New Yorker, the CIA is still kind of on that path, and they believe that it's actually spread now to being at people being attacked while working at the white house. And there's been like people suffering from similar symptoms. Uh, I still think the symptoms are like kind of vague and weird and you know, it's just very diffuse, which is, which is what I think, which is why I still kind of lean towards mass psychogenic. But, um, so what the u.s is doing now is they're going to try to create these weapons because so that's the right, other because
2: that always works that, <laughs> that always works out great so that
0: Versus. that's the but that's the thing that is so weird here is that science doesn't have an understanding of how a weapon like they're describing could do the thing that they're uh, claiming it does and so now they're going to like build weapons that they think can do this with microwaves and like train them on primates' brains, basically, to try and recreate the symptoms, which is fucked up. So, um, do we
2: mean like when they say microwaves, right? How close is this to the thing that you know you heat soup with in your kitchen? Like how how like what, what is what is the the, the different differentiation there? Because I refuse to believe we have consumer technology that has not been tested
0: for right. use as a weapon yeah i refuse
2: to believe that that is the case
0: right I, th- I think they're much bigger like one of the criticisms of any theory that this is like a real weapon being used on people is that like you would need a thing that is the size that would take up like an entire hotel room to like create the level of like mm-hmm. radiation or microwaves that like would r- cause this sort of injury and after it happens they Just like disappear. And it like happens in all sorts of places. It happens to people like while they're walking on the street. It happens to people while they're driving in traffic. Again, the White House, which like you would think is pretty secure, like it's happening to people there. There's also the fact that what this is happening at the same time that we're seeing things that science can't explain happening in the sky and now apparently in the sea over the ocean. And under the ocean, like the, there's now a submarine data that suggests that, like, similar to the flying tic tacs, uh, submarine sonar has spotted things moving through water at speeds that don't make scientific sense. And so it's a weird moment where suddenly, like, the military is just coming out and being like, Uh, yeah, so, like, we don't know, but the shit is weird, uh, and they're doing that on, like, a number of fronts, so you could skeptically say, like, they're using this as a ploy to make people scared, to create, like, another arms race with, instead of the Soviet Union, like, a imaginary threat. Thanos? Right, Thanos, basically, but it is, it's still just kind of a mess, like, the whole story, just, like, the reporting around it. It's still scary though. It's Scary. As it's shit. Very
2: scary. These words are very scary. There's <laughs> something about increased white matter in here. I don't know what that is. What's white matter?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. Like they talk about the people who suffered the injuries. When they examined their brain on scans, they seem to have uh, increased white matter, which or decreased. I forget one of the two, but it's a bad one where like the thing that connects <laughs> thoughts is not there as much as what? it should be. Oh no, it's important. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. Wait, what the uh, thing you said they're trying to
1: re-reverse engineer and test it on primates, you yes. said? Yeah. Okay, so that's the beginning of Planet of the Apes, isn't it? Not? Right. Like, there you go. is it, that what the fuck's going to happen? Like you're Angry, like, "Oh, you, you just supercharged monkeys. their brains up." Right. I don't know. That's I just that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed.
0: It does seem like yeah, this would be a great origin story. Uh at the same time the it's probably just uh going to make those uh primates lives shitty uh for yeah, the rest for of sure. their yeah. uh, existence like it has for the people who work in the state department and again by saying mass psychogenic illness i'm not saying this is something that they could just snap out of i'm sounds like, like what you're
1: saying you sound like you're saying they're whiny yeah exactly and you don't get it. yeah stop whining <laughs> couldn't uh, be as, me right <laughs> I do hope, though, that this does lead to. I just want to see a silverback gorilla rip off parking meter out of the fucking sidewalk with concrete on it and just like chuck it through like an armored sheriff's car. Yeah. You know, like when these primates are unleashed. Yeah. I'd like to see that from afar. Yeah. I think I'm actually just I'm just thinking up things I've seen in Planet of the Apes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
0: so I thought I just two watch Planet that of the then. Apes movies are dope. Yeah. I I would suggest you watch those. Those <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. Wait, movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh the what, the Franco and then the uh other one. Those are those are pretty cool. All right, let's take a quick break now that we're all uh, suitably terrified and we'll be right back. And we're back and this weekend, uh, A Quiet Place 2 is hitting theaters, which is interesting. This is probably the longest marketing push a movie has ever had because this was a movie like there were billboards all over L.A. that was like March 20th, 2020, A Quiet Place 2 is hitting and then, you know, the pandemic happened and those billboards stayed up there. But this is this is a movie we talked about at the time because I don't know. There's like made people feel weird with it's the first movie people were pointing out. It's like brown skinned alien monsters who react viciously to the slightest noise, and people were like, "Is that a metaphor for the fears of like you know white fragility? Like people sensitive white people who are like they're, they're so mad at us. They we can't say anything anymore." I don't know. I I found that somewhat convincing and John Krasinski's like ensuing pro CIA, pro positive spin on the news vibes just kind of continue to make me be like, huh. Huh. I'm not I don't I'm not saying he's doing anything knowledgeably. I'm just saying, huh.
1: I don't even know. I don't like John Krasinski. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Fuck fuck that guy. I just like when I remember when the first one came out, I just don't like this kind. I just don't watch these sort of horror-adjacent type things in general. But yeah. uh, they my own personal taste. But, I yeah, uh sure, go go be scared of whatever whatever uh, version of it you, you want to bring into it. I know a lot of people like it. It seems very thrilling. But there's just something that I've soured so hard on John Krasinski. It's, like, wild. I've never—this has not happened that often. Where I'm like, oh man, I used to love that show. And now I'm like, fuck this dude and his dumbass fucking news show and his weird. Yeah, you're that... as
0: big a office fan as I know. And I'm
1: yeah, I well then, but that shit started hitting differently when you sort of look at like all the just sort of like lazy racism of like Michael Scott, and you're just kind of like, fuck man, like this is the kind of shit we weren't like examining, like the Michael Scott's of the world that allow like this slow boil into like harmless racism or you know, yeah. ignorance and shit like that. Uh, that's the show has been sort of tinged like that for me in the last couple years. But I saw this video of John Krasinski surprising people at the theater to watch it. And for whatever reason, that completely turned my heart to ice. <laughs> I don't know that, why. That did it. That's what did it. I was like, at least for this film, I was like, why the fuck? Who cares? Like, why are you I'm going? to like, oh shit, I'm about to surprise these people with my spooky outfit on. And by spooky outfit on, I think he had like yellow pants. But that's <laughs> not good. Yeah, it was just a bad. I don't know. Just
2: I I don't know enough about him to have too much against him. But I, I'm always suspicious of people whose whose necks get that big that fast. (laughs) He used to have a very skinny neck, and now he's got like two of those necks. Yeah, Yeah. I don't, I don't understand how that can happen quickly.
1: Yeah,
0: well, he's training with the uh, (laughs) The Barry Bonds, uh, capitalism's invisible army, the CIA. He like trained. He like his whole so he became Jack Ryan for that Amazon Prime series. Which Amazon, if a series happens on Amazon Prime, it actually doesn't happen culturally. Nobody has, nobody watches it as far as I know. But his interviews around that series, who's like, I just have so much respect for the CIA and, uh, you know, what, what they do for us and they're always out there protecting us. And yeah, well, yeah, it's that, that bothers me more than his yellow pants, but. Uh, his yellow pants also suck. Teach it's also own. weird that like I've never he snuck up on people at a movie screening for a movie he's not even in, like he's he directed this. But I don't know if like that's a that's a big oh. like oh my god it's the director Jin. like that that's who I would want to hear talk about I, the movie. I, I but bet I you ninety know. percent of the people in the theater don't know he
1: has he's directing it. Right, I didn't know it till right now. Yeah, I didn't right. it either. I would have been like, "Oh, cool! John Krasinski's here to, with cameras in my face."
0: But I am wait. I am just interested in this from a box office perspective. Like we we talked earlier in the week about how sports fans clearly seem like they're ready to get back at it, and you know we'll we'll see if movie fans are following suit this weekend. And then F Nine's coming next weekend, so I,
2: I can't I, I can't imagine personally uh, rushing to a movie theater. To see something scarier.
0: Yeah. Right. I just, <laughs> right. It About an apocalypse. Yeah.
2: Right. I need a, I need a movie to
1: give me a hug right now.
2: Right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go be scared. That doesn't, that seems counterintuitive to me personally.
1: Yeah. yeah no, I'm in the same boat. Like the idea I, I'm, I want to see, like, I want to do it incrementally, you know, like that's why it's funny when you see like at AMC though, like, you know, they're like, you can rent the theaters out privately and, and we'll play whatever you want. Yeah. yeah like you could get a 20 seater and play back to the future. So you can get 20 of your friends that you're like, I can at least vibe with these people and we can watch Back to the Future for five bucks in a theater and this feels okay. But like, yeah, the idea of something, a post-apocalyptic world with all this like energy, nah. like I think I'll just watch car fly fast in sky. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And I mean, that feels like a better proposition.
0: We're all closer to our families now after like going through this together, at least some of us and... What is Fast and the Furious, but showing us our families depicted on screen? Uh, It's all about family. And yeah, that, that feels like I just want Dom to take me in his arms and, uh, you know, be my brother that I never had. So I'll wait for F9. All right, let's talk about the Citizen app. People probably heard of the Citizen app. If you haven't, it's... Like Nextdoor, it's a personal safety app, in quotes, that alerts you to crimes and other emergencies happening in your city, usually not very close to you, usually, like, very not reliable in terms of the reports that it's making.
1: And the commentary on there, it's more racist than parlor before January 6th. The fucking, the vibes on these, these neighborhood Apps are
0: like so ridiculous. The lack suspicious of suspicious individual seen walking down the street, it's like, like you know, we, we know here? what that means, yeah. And if you're concerned that the app might embolden vigilantism, those concerns probably won't be allied by the fact that Citizen began as an app literally called Vigilante. Oh, so they were uh- very clear up top, like what their goal was, what they had in mind. And then they they got kicked off of the app store because they were like, are you fucking kidding? You're like, (laughs) all right.
1: What about this? Uh, Amateur Batman. Yeah. Like, no. (laughs) What the fuck
0: is that? That's even worse. But that's so, so perfect, like for a a thing to just change its name, like 180 degrees to the thing. It is not it's not a it's not good for citizenship. It's the opposite of that. And it's good for vigilantism. And they're like, oh, we'll we'll just change it. It's like the U.S. War Department changing its name to Department of Defense once they started waging offensive wars. So anyways, as of last year, Citizen began reintroducing the feature allowing users to report emergencies, uh, which is the thing that got them in trouble in the first place. You know, it's basically letting people use Citizen, the app to instead of like calling 911. They'll like have they'll start streaming the video and that's a problem for a number of obvious reasons, but like they've already showed the problem with that because they tried like during the California wildfires, they basically blamed an unhoused individual for starting the fires and offered a $30,000 bounty for people to quote hunt down the person who started the fire. This was all the way, like, the CEO of the company did this, was like, we got to show that this app is for, like, active justice or something. Wow. Well, and they got the wrong guy, like, predictably. Oh, shit. Yeah.
1: that's this whole, These apps are so fucked up, and all they're did, made to do is, like, perpetuate this, like, cruel, unusual world syndrome people already have from looking at the news too much. Like, I remember a few... Hey, fuck, before the pandemic, we talked about how they like apps like this were hiring crime beat writers yeah. to help create more content to reinforce this idea of how unsafe where you live is. Are you to, serious? Yeah, to motivate more purchasing of, like, Nest cameras and all this other shit where they're, like, reporting local crime. And like you're saying, Jack, it'll say local. But when you really look at the map, you're like, man, it's just fucking four miles away. It's not my neighborhood. It's right. in the city. It's not my specific neighborhood. But most people aren't looking at that and they look at just this like feed of fear that they're just ingesting. And on top of that, just all the racial biases that are wrapped up in that and how what's interesting, though, too, is you'll see these debates go off where someone comes in and be like, we got to get these unhoused people out of here. And right. then people are like, OK, can you have some more compassion Do you even understand, like why people are unhoused? The failure of the city to do that, and like, well, I just think it's this. And sometimes people get schooled and they learn and you hmm. people are like, oh, I never actually thought about that. Thank you. Then there are just like the straight up trash people who are there to just keep, you know, they get bored on Facebook. So they just start copying and pasting their statuses to Citizen.
0: Right. Yeah, it feels like it's Facebook brought into physical, re- like geocached Facebook, uh, right. to use a really old term. But I just think it's so funny that the CEO, this guy, Andrew Frame, like staked his whole, like he was. So the, another thing they're doing is introducing like a security force which like a car uh that has citizen on the side nope making nope. your world a safer place and los angeles professional security written on the outside of it uh all black uh ford explorer looking uh, like thing like
1: a fucking cop car it's a fucking cop car They're it's a cops. cop car They're it looks like a cop car yeah amateur whatever wanna be violent people. i don't know what the fuck these people are doing
0: yeah, and they partnered with LAPS, which is like LA Private Security, who are people who are like privately paid to basically they drive around with they carry guns, they have uh, bulletproof vests, and the the thing that they want is to basically have the power of police to arrest people. That's what they're like lobbying for.
2: They want to be able to make a citizen's arrest. Yes, that would citizen short <laughs>
0: branded, work. branded right. citizen's yeah. arrest. <laughs> but yeah, their their pitch is basically more cops but less accountable, which seems like not <sighs> the not the right move at the moment. Yeah, so I, I don't I don't know. know. I mean, th-
1: this is all on the heels of like stuff like in especially in LA, where you have all these. There's a lot of people with money who have no sympathy or empathy, and they just go like, "What's what." Oh, God, these unhoused people are everywhere. Right. And I just and a lot of the times these LAPS people, you see them in Hollywood and shit. They're just basically there to shoo people away. That's mm. normally like when I see them interacting with the public. It's like, hey, man, you can't sleep here. Like, hey, you got to move this shit or whatever. But like, you know, this is also coming off like we're seeing the like the National Fraternal Order of Police just put out this like report. They're like, oh, my God, the crime is skyrocketed. Right. To, again. Uh, Sort of create their like very insincere presentation of data to sort of juxtapose that along with like the concurrent, uh, you know, movement to reform the policing system and law enforcement in this country. So it's all it's like feels like a full court press. Like, well, fuck it, man. Maybe if they defund those, then we can have like these like just cosplay cops who have guns and effectively are, you know, community brutalizers out there too to offset these other things it's just very it, it
2: does seem like only a matter of time before one of these untrained civilian police officers murders a person like right. that seems to be the next logical step and also it's like the kind of thing they want the right to be able to do
0: right right yeah yeah i mean what was george zimmerman right like right he's like their spokesperson
2: he's their he's their mascot right
0: but he was a self-appointed community like Neighborhood watch fucking vigilante thought he he was doing police work or wanted to be doing police work. But, yeah, this all just feels so dystopian, like private police driving around in, like, fake police cars but feeling deputized to, like, kill people. And so the CEO put his own money on the line two years ago when uh, during the wildfires to be like, this is our opportunity to show citizens like ability to proactively like get justice and like uh, for citizen to fulfill its true mission is what it, in his words. And they got the wrong guy.
1: This is just, yeah, it's so fucking dangerous. You'd hope that uh, this is like you'd think the cops in this uh, all over the country are so greedy that they're like, no, we mm-hmm. get to we have the exclusive license to use violence against people, not these other people. We don't want them treading on our turf right but i don't know this it also just seems like something that can happen if you have a lot of private citizens with money they're like yeah we're hiring our own people like we already have we've just out of our own fear of the world we're also funding this like over policing of our own neighborhoods out of complete ignorance yeah
0: all right let's talk about one last bit of the culture war. Uh, the right is freaking out over Lego. Lego uh, just announced its first LGBTQ-themed set dubbed Everyone is Awesome. Uh, it's basically just a bunch of like faceless minifigures in front of a rainbow, uh, each with individual hairstyles and in different colors, like different colors of the rainbow. So they're, this is like, everyone is awesome except bald people, I guess. But Yeah. Yeah, it's... That's fucked up. I know, man. What the fuck?
1: I will not be erased by this Lego set. It's just <laughs> stupid. Like again, I don't know the why the right has beef with this, but they do because essentially it's just because it's representation. They don't want and yeah. companies to acknowledge that there's anything outside of cis Christian white America, and it the, like <laughs> the fucking rants of these people is. It's at this point, they're so comical because society is most of society has moved pretty far along past like this weird, toxic form of homophobia that when these people like this Baptist leader, uh, Albert Moeller, quote, wrote a twenty three hundred word rant on his website, claiming that this toy contains, quote, a hurt that cries out for Christian attention, a hurt at the deepest level of personal identity. That doesn't I don't know how you will even get like a rabid, ignorant, hateful person to respond to that. Sort of carrot you're dangling. Like they're like, oh, the deepest level of personal identity. Ah, what, what
0: can I do? Um, and then, well, Kane on... from Fox News, uh, <laughs> a, had an interesting interpretation. Uh, I'll play it. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. L- Let's hear this.
1: That. Is this listen to this again? I love when conservative white people like to weaponize their understanding of anything from the civil rights to shit on anything that could be slightly progressive.
0: Look, this isn't on the same level as those examples, but look at Lego. This is Lego's newest line of diversity toys. This separation to color coding, living up to every stereotype from hairstyle to skin color, looks like it could have been designed by David Duke. This is the opposite of Martin Luther King's dream for America. <laughs> okay,
2: is, is he mad about the powder blue guy? Like, I don't what, know. I'm what, like, What skin do,
1: color is that? Do y'all know any sky blue? Y'all any guys look, sky what, blues really? in your family? I'm so confused. Like, I, cause I, so I think he's saying the color coding is like the black figure has, it looks like dreads or braids or something like that. The brown has a little bit of maybe a 2C curl, not not super curly. Then right. there's a red head. I don't know. Like it's just so, he's taking it so literally right? Uh, that it just, you're like, okay, I don't even understand what your argument is. Because after the two things that resemble anything that might be a person, you're like, who are you advocating for? The lavender people? Yeah, yeah, the magenta folks? Yeah, there's a
2: helmet on one of the people. Like, what?
1: <laughs> 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 but race does <to> that? <laughs> oh, gosh. Color coding. Or David Duke could have, like, really? And right. That, and then there's that weak ass attempt of like, Martin MLK would have hated this. Like,
0: right? Because he said his whole thing was, don't acknowledge race. Race race isn't real, so don't acknowledge it. Because racism isn't real. I remember when yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. said that. Yeah, they they get it, man. They get it but, at Fox yeah. News. The wild <laughs> thing
1: is, like, Lego already has a pretty not inclusive uh, yeah. record when it comes to LGBTQ issues. Like, their Lego wedding cake topper was only sold with, like, a man and a woman. Right. Not to mention, like, even, like, racial representation in uh, Lego figures. Very hard as a kid to find a Lego that looked like me. But hey, you know, that's what I put a helmet on and it rode a motorcycle so it could be anybody. And I
0: mean that's that's the one cool thing about this is that there's like kind of a nice story behind the set. It was created by Lego designer Matthew Ashton. And you know, he said growing up as a gay kid in the 80s, like he was constantly told by different adults like what he should and shouldn't play with. Like, well, you're a boy, so you should play with like G.I. Joe. And so, like, maybe if they're giving people the rope to like you know do something with it and like the designers to like kind of make decisions to expand the palette that could be really cool uh but like they're not donating the proceeds from these sales to like any progressive like you know organizations or anything they're just like yeah we're you know rainbow washing get get making making money off this well i
1: mean i like how that yeah like you're to your point they're saying oh oh where's the proceeds of this go? Look, I, I can't really answer that right now, but I will tell you we have an ongoing philanthropy arrangement with the organization <laughs> Diversity Role Models.
0: Mm-hmm, uh
1: mm-hmm, but mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you're asking if we're committed to increasing its donations because of this? Uh no. Right. But thank you very much for purchasing.
0: Yeah. But it's I mean it's definitely fair to criticize Lego on this, but not for <laughs> not you for
1: know. saying this is like Rick, right, they like should David be doing Duke's more fantasy sets. <laughs> right,
0: they should be doing way more than they're currently doing. But
2: I mean, even this deal, these these figures, they all have the exact same like body type. they, right. don't, they don't, <laughs> don't have faces. <laughs> like they're not doing anything but assigning them colors and hairstyles that right. aren't connected to anything. So this is like a very low bar statement. I right. think, yes, to, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I mean. <laughs> As we all know, green people uh have long wavy hair. Green person <laughs> has long wavy hair. Uh, forest green. Hey, my grandmother was a sky blue. <laughs> <laughs> the Na'vi. Mouth, yeah, for yeah, so exactly. some reason the Na'vi looks like he should be wearing boat shoes, maybe because like that's the type of person who wears like blue, light blue. It's like kind of J Crew they went with for the for the light blue.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I mean, there it is. Come and get your uh your David Duke Lego kits.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Mike, it has been such a pleasure having you as always.
2: As always on my end as well.
0: Where can people uh, find you, follow you, hear you? On
2: Twitter, uh, Mike underscore Eagle and all of my stuff is at uh, MikeEagle.net on the yeah. wild internet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and is there a tweet or some other act of social media you've been enjoying?
2: Somebody named uh simp stunning <laughs> a few days ago tweeted, Journalism is hilarious. People just go to places and start asking, like, hey, what the fuck is going on here?
1: Right.
0: <laughs> <that> was <laughs> hey, hey, what the fuck, <laughs> the fuck is going on? <laughs> I did did I talk on yesterday's episode about the motorcycle guy who just chased me around yesterday because he thought I cut him off, even though I was I'd been at the stop sign no. for like four seconds. He was chasing me around, going, "Hey, hey!" <laughs> <laughs> it was like the wildest shit, man. That is not
2: safe motorcycle riding no. at all. A lot of bad things could happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I had to pull into a police station. Oh, by one, and Jack, uh, yeah, you
2: didn't call Citizen.
0: You didn't, I didn't call Citizen. Yeah, I brought up the Citizen app and tried to flash it at him, but he didn't care.
1: Jack, are you doing right around Pittsburgh without a little aluminum bat in your backseat? I know. That's what, you know what I mean. The- like, oh, you
0: want some asshole? And they're like. oh, <laughs> Yeah.
1: Although I can definitely, I, I have the, the hardest time picturing you doing that, even in like a, even a comedy sketch. So yeah, maybe right. that, yeah better it doesn't to, it. to play. Even show.
0: if I did that, he'd probably, the bet, my best bet would be that, my best shot would be that he would laugh. You
1: at, know, most people, they really don't want the smoke. They act right. like they do, but not, most people aren't, they're, they don't. That's why just I just, <laughs> just go on with your lives, sir. You don't want the smoke. Yeah. I don't want it either. Let's just keep going on.
0: But just, like, not having anything to say besides hey <laughs> is kind of funny to me. Yeah, was he waving his fist, too? <laughs> like, that feels like the kind ah! of energy. Hey! You, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, why I Right. Oughta... <laughs> Miles, where can people find you? Uh, What's the tweet you've been enjoying?
1: Uh, catch me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Um, Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Check us out, twitch.tv slash 420 Day Fiance. Talking 90 day. Uh tweet I like it's just for all the Clipper fans out there um, it's from oh, Isaac so K. Mean. Lee at Isaac K. Lee and it's it's a reference to The Last Dance if you remember there's a scene where uh, Michael Jordan and Larry Bird embrace and the the still was used where it's it's Michael Jordan in Larry Bird's ear saying you bitch fuck you and <laughs> Isaac K. Lee tweets me to 11 year old me for deciding to become a Clippers fan
0: Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. I just liked Simone Biles' tweet. I'm sorry, but I can't believe I completed a double pike on vault. Um, I just think more athletes should just be blown away by their own work like that. That
1: helps me even more that Simone Biles was even freaked
0: out. She was like, yo, (laughs) that was fucking wild.
1: Just like, yeah, because like we were saying yesterday, we're just like, I don't. It looks so normal. She's so talented. I don't and I know nothing about what that was okay now i know that she was tripping okay good
0: and then amy miller frequent guest on this on this show not frequent enough tweeted oh sorry but i do not have the spiritual space in my life right now for a check engine light thanks
2: that's real (laughs) that is real as hell Hell i remember like at the height of this i think it was like the height of pandemic and like george floyd protests, like right in the middle of that like google changed the gmail icon for the phone right and it just completely freaked me to fuck out
1: like, like I not could, now, like assholes. what is what is this
2: strange yeah. new m what is
1: this this is strange. Right. i don't
2: need this right now You've
1: introduced yeah. other colors to the logo yeah.
0: they really fucked that up i feel like that redesign where everything started to look the same I was just like, see,
1: yeah, and then knowing that, like, who's got the energy to go to a fucking a quiet place? Right. Yeah. You know, if we all have that Amy Miller check engine light fragility, shit. Yeah. I'm going to see fast plane, fast car and sky go fly, fly. Yeah, right. I like that movie. Mm-hmm.
2: That sounds like my movie hug. <laughs> Fast <laughs> right?
0: car in the sky, go fly, fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, Daily where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you should check out. Miles, what song should they check out?
1: All right, so this is going to be uh, a remix to a Jada Kiss song that I really like called We Gonna Make It, but it's hey. turned more into like a house track. So it's got, it's like, it's somehow they made this like New York anthem feel like something that would be played at like uh, the do over, like a summer party. Um, so this is called We Gonna Make It, uh, but it's a remix by Pumpy Chulo, P U uh, M P I C H U L O. You get it on SoundCloud, but it's the We Gonna Make It. Uh, just remix the summer, the summer anthem. Pumpy Chulo. Hell
0: yeah. Uh, all right. Go listen to that. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye.